Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Keeson. I've been doing this podcast since September of 2012, and boy, are my lips tired. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. All right. So I have a special guest today. This is uh, outside of our normal uh, five-day schedule, but I had to bring this guest in. I just did his podcast. And let me tell you, Oliver has like the most amazing podcast. Really cool. We just we just went on a fabulous journey together, doing it together. And so I had to bring him onto the show to learn more about his story. So uh, Oliver from Spiritual Talk with Oliver, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. No problem. Thank you very much. Oh, I love having you here. And I got to tell you, we just had, like, I'm, I, I think you used the word buzzing when we were doing your podcast. I'm still buzzing from it. I'm loving the vibration that came out of it. So I'm hoping we can bring some of that to this show as well. But uh, first, I want to give people an idea of who you are and where you came from. Can you give, like, a potted biography of, like, two minutes to tell us, you know, what your experience has been, where you've been, where you are now? So when I was three years old, right, I started to blink and twitch. And then when I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with Tourette's, right? Mm. And then when I was 21 years old, I learned the secret. Someone told me about the secret. <clears throat> and then I came off my medication overnight and I meditated for three weeks straight and my Tourette's disappeared. And what I realized, and that no doctors know, no medical institutions know, is that the twitching from the Tourette's was simply excessive brain activity, too many thoughts which were stimulating my facial muscles the swearing was the frustration about what i was trying to think about so is there a god how can there be a god fuck god. how can there be a god right i don't understand how could it be up there why is he up there you know it doesn't make sense ah, fuck. yeah and so that was what the twitching and the swearing was and so when i meditated and i stopped all thoughts it disappeared and then through working out all the stuff that I had in my head growing up that I worked out at 21 after coming off the medication, I then stopped any new thoughts coming in because I knew thoughts don't end. And I didn't want to think anymore. And I don't think anymore. And as a result of working out all this stuff, I created my own podcast to tell the world about all the stuff that I'd worked out. Because everyone's a human being and everyone can learn from the same stuff that I thought about. The only difference is that I'm speaking about it and making it normal, but I know people have the same thoughts. That is so cool. In fact, when you were describing it just then, it kind of re- reminded me of people who are on the autism spectrum. Is Tourette's considered to be on the autism spectrum? Because it, it's very similar to what people with autism or Asperger's describe, how there's just so much going on there. They're overwhelmed by the inputs. So. I I see life as leaders and followers, right? Meaning if you follow what somebody else has worked out, your brain is simply just following. It's absorbing information and it's putting it in the brain. It's staying there. When you're a leader Mm. and you're working stuff out, you're firing up your whole brain going down so many avenues in space to get that information. So you're using a part of your brain that people who just follow information that's given to them. Um, it's not the same thing. And so the ADHD, autism, ADD, OCD, dyslexia, it's all a brain that is working something out from scratch versus mm. a follower who just sits there in the classroom, listens to what the teachers worked out, and it's just there, right? So I believe that all these mental health issues, depression, anxiety, ADHD, OCD, dyslexia, dementia, they can all be cured by meditation because it all comes as a result of the brain, the brain activity, the environment. Yeah. So you go into deep thoughts to kind of understand why am I being bullied? Why is there Muslims praying here and Jewish people praying there? And yet they're against each other. It doesn't make sense. So you go into your brain. So your environment doesn't match up with your own thoughts. You've got to counteract it. You've got to find an answer for it. You've got to find a reason why you're different. Otherwise, you're going to have to live your life. I'm different. I'm not normal. And that's horrible. So I spent my whole life trying to understand why am I so good looking yet I've not had a girlfriend? Why am I so talented yet nobody wants to be around me? Why am I so confident and yet people put me down? It didn't make sense until you go into your mind and understand I'm a different vibration to my environment. Being put into that environment from school was not my choice. It was a societal choice, my parents' choice, a government choice. But my vibration should never have been there. And then you have to think, okay, so I'm basically a banana in a bowl full of oranges and they're not the same, but they've got to be in that bowl for, you know, 20 years at school, whatever. And then the banana can go left and the orange can go right. And and then you kind of, as you said, in our, our podcast, you appreciate everything and everyone. I understand and appreciate why they didn't like me because of different energies. It's not their fault. 
They just saw me as this kid wearing these stupid colourful trousers, different colour socks. His parents told him, you got to wear matching socks. And he sees that person wearing different <laughs> colour socks and thinking, that's a sheep, I'm a cow, he's in the wrong field. And all the sheep huddle together and all the cows huddle together. Right, black sheep. But I understand why there's even a field where there's different sheep in the first place because some farmer has put some territory around his land and this poor sheep got left in the wrong one and now he's just got to be there his whole life and so then you appreciate and understand everything because i had to understand it from their perspective as we were saying about is there anything negative in life no because if you see it from their point of view you can appreciate it from their point of view and i forgive all the bullies and all the people that didn't get me all the teachers that didn't understand me i got it i got everything and that's because I meditated, because I shut down and worked out all my thoughts. And that's the story in about five minutes. We're, 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 that was great. I love that. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about the meditation in a moment, too, because we talked about that in your podcast. But I just want to point out to people, this was the way the entire podcast that I just finished with Oliver was like. It was just like this constant stream of energy and passion and excitement. I wanted to make sure that you all get a, a taste of it because, man, this guy is just electric. So with that uh, preamble in mind, because you are, you're electric. You're a really cool guy. Um, I, there's two things I want to touch on. I want to go back to the autism thing for a second because two of my co-hosts on my Thursday show, uh, Dan Mangana and Alex Standy, both of them are on the autism spectrum. And one thing I've noticed with both of them is that it gives them interesting kinds of superpowers, and I think you have a superpower, too, because you have this amazing ability to just pull strands of information together and make it make sense out of it in ways that other people can't do. Do you find do you think that's true? Do you think there's something about what the, the threats that you experienced that actually gave you superpower? So Elon Musk, right? <clears throat> He's running seven companies under one right. roof. And people right. say to him, how does he do it? And what he said was, is that information is like a tree and every branch branches out into another another branch basically all of his companies they are linked right it's all linked the space thing is linked to the tesla and the tesla's linked to the underground tube in la it's all linked so he doesn't have to learn a whole new industry he just has to create something and then that will link to that and that will link to that so it's really easy to, as you said to put all these strands of information together when you create the damn information Right. You have created that company and you're linking it to that. Somebody just creating a spaceship right from nothing will have a clue. But when he's created the electric car and how it's all all connected, it really is easy to put information together. But to your question, I can be thrown into any situation and link everything and make it make sense because it does make sense. And how have I done that? Because I understood, I worked out and questioned everything, everything. There was the question that most humans think about, but no one speaks about my, my podcast slogan, whatever. I had to link everything and make it all make sense because it didn't make sense. And now there's no more thoughts because I've worked it all out. So that's why I can link a tree to a bone and a piano to the wallpaper because I've questioned all this shit. Like, how was the wallpaper? Can I swear, by the way? Sorry, what was the last thing you said? Can I swear, by the way? Can you swear? Oh, uh, hey, it's okay with me. I mean, yeah. do, do what you like. Well, the FCC is not involved here, so we're okay. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so because everything has come from essentially one person's vision and thought back in the day, like languages come from, hmm, I'm hungry, he sounds, and it's become like, let's go to space. Everything has come from one thing. So when you understand that one thing, energy, atoms, mud particles, back, you know, it all makes sense. So really pulling all these things together isn't it's not actually difficult but if you didn't write the language in the first place you didn't write the code a programmer can't just suddenly read that and know like where the bug is because he didn't write it whereas if he wrote the code he knows that if this bug is to do with say the car part he knows where he wrote the car part he can go straight there whereas if he didn't write the code he doesn't well it doesn't know where to go um so yeah it's, it's all about writing yeah, do I put that's strands cool. together? Yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> I mean, you, you, and we can see you doing it because you, you just, you, you, well, people who are actually watching the video, there are going to be some people watching the video. They can actually see you physically reaching out with your hands and you're like, you're, you're pulling this concept, <laughs> and you're pulling that concept, you're pulling that thought thread and this thread, and you're pulling all these threads together. And you're, you're literally connecting them, which is really, really cool to watch. You were talking with me in the podcast that we did for you uh, about 
meditation and the mindset behind meditation and how it's the clearing of thought. And you, I don't know if you can reproduce it. You may not be able to, but I'm going to see if I can try to get you to get there. You, you kind of talked about how you are able to reach a point where you're, you're so high vibe with it that literally everything stops. Can you talk about that a little bit more? So when I'm in the jacuzzi, <clears throat> I sit with my eyes closed and my hands in between my legs and I'm just not thinking. Every time a thought comes in, not thinking. And eventually that time between when I'm aware that no thought has come in suddenly goes from four minutes to five minutes to six minutes. And then I think to myself, I have just been aware doing nothing for six minutes and it, it didn't even exist. That time just doesn't even exist. Mm. And then I go into a deeper state where that feeling increases almost like it's on the cusp of about to fall asleep, but you don't because you're sitting upright. And then that frequency is so strong that you just want to sit there. And then when you sit there, that distance between your last awareness of I'm still here meditating suddenly could be like 10, 15 minutes. And then I realized that that feels so good that I just want to stay there. And then everyone else around me, there's people coming in the jacuzzi and they leave. I can hear them chatting. I can hear that person over there chatting and then they leave. And then someone comes out the sauna and then they leave. And then the sun like goes across the sky and then it's dark. And I'm like, I open my eyes. I'm like, oh my God. And I see it like, <laughs> like when you do a time-lapse of the icebergs melting. Yeah. You see um, it frozen and then it melts and then the water rises and then the, the flowers go up and then the animals come in and they take the water and then they go like a David Attenborough program. And that time right. lapse, I open my eyes. No one's in the jacuzzi anymore. Everyone's come. They've gone home. They're cooking dinner right now because they left 20 minutes ago and they're sorting out the kids. And then I'm still here. And I imagine the CCTV of the people in the reception thinking to themselves, he hasn't moved. He's still there. And their time lapse is seeing me still there and everyone else going in and everyone else leaving, and I'm still there. And then I think to myself, wow, there literally is nothing else to do apart from be aware of how you feel. And I'm choosing to sit here doing nothing, and it feels just as good as them wiping their kid's ass at home. <laughs> and that was the question I was going to ask next. What does it feel like when you're, when you're in that state for that period of time? That's a very extensive period of time. What does that feel like? If you're not there, then you can choose like if you fancy a kfc or mcdonald's and you have a kfc you won't really feel the need for mcdonald's because that um urge to have something is gone right just like when you think about having sex if you just have a wank then you won't be thinking about sex so i say right now could choose to go play football or go and meditate but when mm -hmm. i'm meditating i can't even believe i even questioned myself about playing football comparing it to the feeling of meditation because it feels so good right now i don't want to leave and I only have to leave because my dinner, you know, is at home or I've got <laughs> someone else to do. But I could happily sit there. And what I realized is that the longer I sit there towards the ending of the meditation, say 27 to 30 minutes, I don't want to leave. And if I said you 40 minutes, I feel even better that I reach another vibration that I just want to stay here. And I realized, Christ, now I understand why monk or Buddhas or people in Thailand do nothing but meditate because it feels so good to do nothing else but meditate. Why would you want to do anything else? And then I think I've got to live this human physical life. I've got to enjoy life, go on holiday, play piano, play football, play Xbox, go out for dinner. Otherwise, what's the damn point? I came from energy. I'm, you know, what's the point of coming into the physical life? And then I suddenly have to realize, oh, God, I've got to live this physical human life. And then I've got to get out the jacuzzi and then drive home in traffic. I'm like, oh, Christ, I wish I could just sat in that jacuzzi. <laughs> 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 That's really interesting, though, because the level of awareness that you're describing, I, I think some people would actually say that there's there's a level of thought involved with that, but you're not seeing it as thought. And I, and I get that. I understand that because observation, just pure observation, there's not a, not a thought process going on there at all. Right. It's just observe and being well, really what you're being is connected. We were talking in your podcast about the joys of connecting with others. But what you're talking about there really is connection with yourself. It's an internal connection. And there is no more powerful connection than that one. We, we crave the external connections, the, the connections with others, because they're also <clears throat> part of the same source that we are. So we're basically reconnecting with each other through the physical world. Uh, but there's nothing like that internal connection. That internal connection is the ultimate connection. And I think that's what you're describing as you're describing the, the ecstasy of being in that space of just observing from that place. 
um, as I was trying to get back into meditating, sitting up straight like a monk rather than just walking around with no thought, I thought to myself, what was I doing when I was 21, when I had my awakening, mm. when I was lying on the lounge floor for three hours at two in the morning, speaking to my grandma's spirit that wasn't there, right? And the answer was <laughs> I was listening to The Secret and Abraham Hicks and Bob Proctor, their videos constantly, all night, every night I play Abraham Hicks, her I press play all on her channel. And so for right. two hours, I'm listening to two hours worth of her videos whilst I'm sleeping. And mm-hmm. naturally, after getting my mind back into that pattern and hearing her say over and over again, source energy, you won't feel the need to have a relationship, have a car when you connect to source because it will feel like you've already got it. And as a result, it will come. I started to do that and meditate and she hit the nail on the head. Now, I knew that was the right thing, but knowing something and actually doing it it's a different thing. You know, you should get into the gym, but it takes a while to do it. And then you feel good. And then you're like, can't believe I put it off for so long. So then I'm back. I'm in that state. I was at connected to source, not needing relationships or anything else. Feels so good without it. But as a result, it will come. And I've got there. I got back to when I was 21. Now, ultimately half an hour is not three hours on the lounge floor, but it's, it's half an hour versus nothing is significant. And all I need to do now is just do it for an hour and then two hours. And then I'm back to what I was. And then these synchronicities of how I'm thinking about people in real time and then they call and I'm picking up thoughts in real time and then it happens. That learning will happen quicker and quicker. I remember I used to go clubbing and I used to think to myself, universe guide me to money. And I'd move from the dance floor, go towards the bar. Somebody dropped five pounds. Because I was asking the universe to tell me when somebody has acknowledged that they've lost money and the location where they were, well, they dropped it. And so I'd be guided towards the bar, five pounds. I would be guided to a pound coins all over the floor, pound, 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 pound. And I'd end up coming out, coming back home with money, profit. I got my ticket. I've got my kebab. I've bought my drinks. I bought somebody else a few drinks and I've paid my petrol and I've got like 20 pound profit. I was that in tune that I'd just be guided towards money. And that only comes from meditation. The deeper you go, the longer you do it, the more quickly your reality manifests from your thought. Anything, money, people, love, job, job opportunity, a squirrel shagging a fox, you would attract that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so meditation for you really has been, become the equivalent of internal connection. Meditation is connection for you. I mean, they, they don't seem to be separated in your mind at all. I would still be twitching if I didn't meditate, hands down. Because these, imagine me, how I speak, the intensity. But imagine that internally. Imagine mm. all these neurons firing up, billions of miles an hour, linking this, linking that, bang, 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 bang. That's what the twitching was, right? Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. I twitch a little bit when I speak, because it's the neurons firing up in the same way. And then when right. I don't speak and I'm meditating and I'm listening, there's no activity, and therefore there's just stillness. And in that stillness, in that connection... That's the high vibe. That's the one that we're all reaching for. That high vibe that, space is in that connection. And when you're in that connection, that's where, like you say, the synchronicities start to happen. The cool stuff starts to show up. One, one thing that I have um, encountered both for myself and people that I've interviewed is uh, it's, it's sort of like a it, – it's sort of a problem. It's actually a joy at the same time. But the idea that when you get – to that space and you're there frequently, stuff starts coming so fast, synchronicities start happening so fast that you really have to have a good sense of your own intention in order to kind of maintain control over the whole thing. Do you find that as well? You're shaking your head. Yes, I think yeah, so. Yeah, it becomes overwhelming. Um, the fact that it's so simple for life to fall into the most incredible pattern. Like how could it be so simple yet so hard and when it's like people live in an unhappy lifestyle and things go wrong and I'm like, just meditate and you won't give a shit about that. But as a result, it will disappear, right? Because it will just make sense. All your problems, you'll have the answers like I did. Every things kept going wrong, problem after problem. Like my bedroom was a shithole, couldn't find anything. And then you meditate and you declutter, you put things in order, you know where things are. It just all makes sense. And it's like your head's a mess and you're trying to find you're trying to put order in a mess and the problem is the mess in the first place. So there's no need to put clarity in order because it's already in order. Like the universe is already in order, right? It looks a mess, like all these stars behind you, like <laughs> all over the place. But it's already in order. So um, <clears throat> how could, it's overwhelming how everything can just 
happens so naturally through simple stuff like meditation. Yet it's so hard for somebody like even myself to get into that meditation pattern. And it is so overwhelming. And I feel so grateful so often that I'm like, Christ, I'm just so grateful that it becomes like you want to cry. Like it's so overwhelming. Yes. And you, and yes then, I know the feeling. And then, you, and then you're like, I need to calm this down. But then you can't. You just have to stay. You just have to stay in that zone where you just want to cry because you're so grateful all the time and just cry. That's basically yeah. It. Well, that, that, that's what true appreciation is. We were talking about appreciation a lot in your podcast and, and what you just hit there. That is that's that's pure appreciation because it's staying in that appreciative zone continuously. Now, I mean, not forever, not for, because we have our lives to live, but for that period of time that you're in that meditative space, that is a completely appreciative space, isn't it? Yeah, and as we were saying, appreciation is a higher frequency than gratitude. Well, it's true when you think about that. If I'm just crying about being alive mm-hmm. versus being grateful for the fact that I'm alive, you'd probably think about a past trauma that you almost died or something like that, or mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. relative passed away, and you're grateful to be alive when they ha- when they're dead. So you've gone into a negative state to think about poor grandma. So I'm grateful I'm alive, even though grandma's not here. Whereas if you're just grateful for like being alive right now or just the sun's sunny then you're just constantly going up and then you're just grateful that the clouds are over there and not here and yeah it's it's an endless process yeah (laughs) and it's one that we're still getting used to i i well i imagine you have achieved a very strong level of being used to it because you just you love falling into that so much but even so i mean don't you find that you're discovering new stuff all the time that you're discovering new ways of understanding it, new ways of appreciating it. So I believe that life is created based on a foundation of natural laws, right? Like the sun comes up, it rains, and then it's sunny. It's dark, Mm -hmm. then it's light. If you have sex, you create life. And if you eat and drink, you'll survive. Maybe because that's pretty much it. That's what all animals do. And once Mm -hmm. you understand that, everything else is just made by a human being, right? So now, um, what was the question? Okay. <laughs> well, the question was, do, do you find yourself continuously finding new ways to appreciate, oh, yeah, new yeah. ways to appreciate what's going on? So, so it's kind of like once you know something, there's nothing much more to learn unless you choose to learn more. So mm-hmm. all about, so there's always something else to learn, law of attraction, energy, frequencies, vibrations, computer code how to make a bed, how to make a fan. There's always something else to learn, right? But it doesn't doesn't serve me any purpose. It's like me meditating. The whole point of meditating was to stop this nonsense coming in my brain, like how a mirror's made and how, you know, dressing gowns are made. So, because really, if I take that all away, that's just what man's made, what human being has made. So mm-hmm. how, what, what do I need to live my life? And it's just understanding like energy and the earth and while we're here, nature, diet. And then that really all there is to it. Once you have that, you're grounded. Everything else is just, a, it's just a bonus. Um, it is a bonus. It's a fabulous bonus. And it's a bonus. It's the bonus that I'm talking about. Really. The bonus is, is endless. It's continuous. The bonus just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. That's, that's the, the synchronicities. It's a stream of synchronicities and they just keep showing up in, in, in myriad of ways that most of the time we don't even anticipate what they are until they show up. And then we say, Oh, well, yeah, I guess that does make sense. But up until that point, we didn't really know it. that's why we call it synchronicity. It's like, oh, it's an unexpected thing to happen. How cool. And it's just one cool thing after another. Yeah. So you like just imagine you come across a law of attraction and then you think about somebody and then they show up and then there's, there's the basics of law of attraction that I'm used to it now. I think about somebody, they call, I think about something and it happens. That's like the basics of it. Stuff like that happens so often that it doesn't surprise me anymore because anything to do with that world, I already know. And it happens all the time. Unless there's another law that I don't yet know, then it's all the same. So new information or new things don't come unless I choose to learn something else. Does that make sense? So yes, information absolutely. isn't isn't overwhelming because I kind of get it. I already know it. There's not much more to learn once you kind of know it. There's like a foundation of, you know, there's life is here, whatever. And anything else is an addition. So it's not saying I know it all because I don't know everything in life, but this, I get it and I know it, like like the Ten Commandments in the Bible. Once you know it, there's no more commandments, there's just the ten. But someone else could write more. 
But the whole mm-hmm. point is that overwhelming knowledge is just, I already get it. I already know it. So there's nothing else to learn. You know, you can't create more energy, more sun, more life, more plants, because that's always here. Whereas information is always changing. But once you mm-hmm. understand that, it just earth, rock, sand, sea. That's it. You know what I mean? I, I do know what you mean. I, I think what I'm getting at is the idea of what appreciation is. Because appreciation, we talked about this earlier, appreciation is a constant increase in valuation. We're, we're finding more to value, more to value, more to value. We're raising the value of everything, including the stuff, this is the real challenge, including the stuff that we don't necessarily like, finding a way to value that as well. But the point is, if if it's a constant state of appreciation, then everything is getting better. Everything is improving. Everything is rising. Everything is increasing, expanding. That's it's what Abraham calls expansion. The expansion of all that is just continues, 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 continues. And that, to me, is the bonus, is the recognition of, wow, this just keeps going and going. And there's more to appreciate and more to appreciate and more to appreciate. It's an endless series of appreciations. Yeah, it's like um, in, in energy terms, there's endless amounts of frequencies and, you know, particle to electron right. to an atom, which you could say is the smallest, but probably isn't the smallest because, you know, you don't know there could be a thing smaller. Like everyone is sure. right until they're proved wrong. Um, you know, you only stop looking when you think you found what you're looking for and then there was something more. So meditating, you can essentially feel really, really, really fucking good, but feel even better. Like it doesn't end. Like imagine crying all day and it's, your floor's flooded. Yeah. You just get a mop <laughs> bucket because you just cried so much. Right. Just imagine feeling so good that you keep crying and then you can choose to keep crying while you're sleeping, you know, and now you're crying 24 seven. And then I suppose the only, the only high after that is being dead and still crying. You know, um, you, I, well, I will confidently say that that's when the frequencies end when you're dead and, um, yeah, you've, you can't go any higher. <laughs> That's an interesting question, too. And, and we talked earlier, I think it was during your podcast about, maybe it was during this one, I don't remember, about how much you appreciate graveyards. But the, the whole graveyard thing is really about appreciation of life. But there's also appreciation of death. What, when you think about death, what do you think about? What does that, how does that um, create meaning for you? So for me, I questioned everything, ghost, spirits, afterlife, reincarnation. And I was all about that life. And then I re-questioned everything. And I found flaws. And I basically realized that I'm trying to find meaning in everything, like every human being has done from the very beginning of time, because we're just here. And the only purpose is to find a purpose. And then I realized that when you're dead, you're the same as that tree. We're all by the same laws of that tree. We can agree that that broccoli or that carrot or that tree or that sunflower, when it dies, it's dead. And we're all on the same laws. We die too. There's no different law. The same as why is God a human being? And there's millions of species on the planet. Why is it the human being that God chose to be? Why can't God be an ant or a dinosaur or a giraffe or a pigeon or a duck? Right. If you all based on the same laws and come from the same thing, it should all be the same, which means we are the same as that tree. And when we die, we're dead. Now, you could say that believing there's an afterlife gives you hope. So if you lose your parents and you don't feel like you could live, the feeling of I'm going to see them again may make you live okay great that's true but there's also a massive power in knowing that when you die you're fucking gone so you live your life right now stop fucking around forgive people love people go on holiday go skydiving eat good foods stop fucking around right if you're gonna die and you've got 30 years left die like do your shit and then it really gets your ass into gear so i think that's the the power of accepting the fact that we're gonna die and that's it rather than fairy day fairy prancing around thinking there's an afterlife and oh, i'll do it then you know you know there, there's pros and cons to each thing but for me the feeling of i may have 70 years left on the planet i'm going to do every single thing right now so when i am about to die well i i'll ask myself one question every day i ask myself if i was to die right now was there anything i wanted to do and because i apply action to my thoughts and i speak to people who i want to speak to ask somebody on the date i want to go on a date with go for a walk have that food if I do it, knowing that I'm going to ask myself if I died, did I regret anything? If I say the words, I wish I had that biryani, that Chinese takeaway, that KFC, wish I sexed that person, wish I went swimming. I need to be able to say no regrets, did it all. If I say I wish I went swimming, it means that right now I'm in fear that I'm going to die and I'm going to have a regret. So I get my trunks and I go in that pool. And so afterwards, I'm now up to date with my thoughts. 
if I die, I did everything I wanted to do. Now, new thoughts are not as irrelevant because they haven't existed yet. I'm not aware of that new thought. If I suddenly think, oh, I need to go to Thailand and I die today, anything you regretted? No, because I was, I would have had to save up to go to Thailand. So it's different. As long as I was taking action to save up to go to Thailand, I'm going towards that. And that thought just becomes one. I see it in my mind. I know if I save up, I'm going to be there. Whereas if I had the money in the bank and I wasn't booking that flight, if I died today, would I have any regrets? Yeah, I didn't go to Thailand. That scares the fuck out of me, which makes me want to live life as best as I can. You're and if talking about life bonus. You're, you're talking about seize the day. That's that's the the philosophy right now. Live in the now, as as it's often called. Stay in the now. Be in that now because the now is what you've got. And and really go for it. Don't like don't hold back. Go for the gusto. Go for the best you can go for. That's what what you're really talking about. You're talking about using the idea of death as a way to say I'm motivated to live. Death for me means I'm going to live. Yeah, so many people are scared of death, but they don't live. Yeah. Whereas you need to use the fear of death to live. So that's why I think that believing there's an afterlife. Yeah, there is pros and cons. If you're going struggling, blah, 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 parents died. Yeah, I get that, right? It's true. But aside from that, imagine your parents live forever and no one and like nobody died, but you were going to die. The fear of death should make you live your life so good right now. The fact that you are going to die and there's no afterlife and this is it. That should scare you. So believing there's an afterlife can have its negatives. Um, but what, you, what you've negative. done here is really kind of cool because what you've done is you've taken something that is considered a negative by most people, fear of death, and you've turned it into an appreciation. You found a way to appreciate it to the nth degree. That's really cool. It also doesn't help the fact that I wanted to die because I was trapped in my mind of all these questions and Tourette's, whatever. And I had a near-death experience where I almost had a head-on car crash because I was speaking to my grandma in my head about something. And then because I wasn't aware and I was in my head, I suddenly became out of my mind. The car was right there and I veered up to the left, up the curb perfectly. Like that, The curb was perfectly to go up, missed the lamppost, inches away from the car there, inches wow. away from the curb, down the other curb, perfectly behind the car. Went, looked back in my mirror, the car had its brake lights on, just stood there still thinking, oh my God, they probably closed their eyes, thinking they're going to die, this car 60 miles an hour. And I went down the curb and just drove home, slept in my mama's bed like it never happened. So much, <laughs> so much control. And then grandma said to me, everything's going to be okay. And then literally that morning after, she never spoke to me again because I wanted really? to die. And it's about her getting me through that part of my life because I had nobody. And then because I f almost fucking died, all of a sudden I was like, shit, I don't want to die. And then she never spoke to me again that day. Incredible. So not, what do you, I mean, I, I can attribute something to that, but what do you attribute the fact that she stopped seeing you at that day? What, what was that about? Well, it was never her in the first place. When I was thinking about ghost and reincarnation and spirits, I had nobody at that time. I was lonely. Um, I wanted to believe in like ghosts and afterlife. And I somehow convinced myself that when my door flew open one night at four in the morning, it was her. Mm -hmm. And so from that day onwards, it was like, oh my God, it's her. So the voice in my head wasn't her. It was me. But I associated it with her because mm -hmm. I was used to my father telling me what to do. I depended on the third person's voice. God, mm -hmm. teacher, parents, all third person, grandma, mm -hmm. third person. Really, it was mm -hmm. just my own intuition and my own wisdom speaking back in the third person because I was so dependent on people telling me things rather than me being independent. So that day when I almost died, I'd literally been reborn again. So everything started again from scratch. I, I was a baby. I didn't know any information. And now I'm intuitively just living in this world by me with nobody. Whereas growing up with your parents, they look after you, they teach you. When I almost died, I was by myself. So I basically just like a baby chick. Mother chick's fucked off, hasn't come back. And she, baby chick's like, well, if I don't get out now, I'm going to die. So he has to find the worm. And then she just disappeared. But what that was was me going from dependent to independent, from almost dying to being alive. That's a big deal right there. It's almost like putting it, your thumb in a plug socket and you just get its electrocution and it puts everything in order, you know? Yeah, sure. That's a good way to describe it. Because ultimately, I mean, <laughs> regardless of whether that was your actual grandmother or it was just you creating your grandmother, it doesn't really matter which one it is. The point is you didn't need it anymore. Correct. And um, I'm never going to know if it was her or not. No one knows if there's ghosts. It might be been her. It might not have been. I don't know. I have no idea. She served her purpose. She certainly did. When you uh, you mentioned Abraham Hicks, and I'm 
where we, all of us here on the show are fans of Abraham Hicks. Um, one of the things I love about Abraham is their disrespective, their disrespectful attitude toward death. They insist on calling it croaking because in their words, they want to be as disrespectful as possible in order to detune the whole mythology about how horrible death is. And so they call it croaking as a way of, of describing transitioning from this world to the other world, to the, to the non-physical, if you will. Um, although as, as uh, another channel has pointed out to me, um, through their source energy connection, even the so-called non-physical world is physical. It's just a different kind of physicality. So that just kind of muddies the water even more. But I guess what I'm, where I'm leading to with all this is when you think about the Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks teachings, what was the resonance there for you? Did, did you buy into this idea of, of croaking leading to you know, moving into a transitional world and, and we're continuing? Did you say, well, I don't really know. Did it not matter? How, how do you think about that? I don't think I can recall hearing Abraham speak about death. Now, when oh, I'm they sleeping, didn't. Okay. when mm-hmm. I'm sleeping, you know, I fall asleep in five minutes. So I listen to the first five minutes of a little conversation. I don't know what I'm listening to. So she may okay. have spoken about death but consciously thinking about what she thinks about death i don't actually know so i can't actually give that answer Um, okay but all the other stuff i was it was already in my head and the reason why she resonated so much is because i thought it was just me that thought like this and then i heard her speak about it and bob speak about it and they spoke about it in the same language the same way you could speak about the same thing differently to me and it could resonate with people differently but she said it in the way that hit the nail on the head. It's almost like she had thought it in the same way I did and then spoke about it. That's what resonated. Joe Dispenser, Abraham, and literally me. Bob Proctor, I believe, learned from the likes of me, Abraham, and Joe Dispenser because he is repeating it from what he's learned, whereas these people have actually embraced it and kind of written the book themselves, which is the leader creating it from nothing. And mm-hmm. if I've created my thoughts from nothing, and they have, and we've all created it from the same source energy... That might be why they resonated because they've literally worked it out themselves as opposed to learning it, which is why I think she resonated the most with anyone because she's wrote, wrote it from nothing, um, which means there is no like barrier where to go. When you learn something at school, it has to be exactly how the teacher taught it. And then you get the answers. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. And if it's right, it's right. Whereas when you teach, there's no rule how to teach. You just teach everything to get the answers. And if you get the answers, then that's, that's the whole point. But there's no end of knowledge. There's no vibration. See, end. There's no language. End. It's infinite. And mm-hmm. um, she speaks in an infinite way where she can just waffle on and people get it from that bit, from that bit, from that bit. Um, yeah. yeah, that resonance is really, really powerful. And I think everybody who's ever heard Abraham Hicks and and not turned it off. I mean, in other words, people listening to your podcast, my podcast, that sort of thing. We all have the same reaction. Like, yes, everything that they're saying, yes, yes. It's a continuous set of yeses. And that's new for most of us. I mean, I'll speak for myself. It was new for me. I grew up in a Protestant church, Presbyterian church. And the teachings that I learned in that church did not resonate with me. So many of them, some of them did, but so many of them did not. And then to hear Esther Hicks voicing Abraham saying the things that I didn't dare say when I was experiencing my own reaction to what was going on in the religion I was brought up in, it was freeing in a way I can't even begin to describe because now I was getting a validation that I had never had before of yes, this thing, this, this set of stuff that I had long secretly hidden away. Cause I didn't dare tell it to anybody else. Cause I'd look like an idiot. If I said any of this stuff, they're actually saying it. It, the freedom that came from that was just amazing. And it continues to amaze me, amaze me to this day. And then also to have encountered other channels and, and, and how they're all able to tap into the same kind of source energy and get that source wisdom and, and express it in human language. It's, it's just an ongoing feeling of, wow, all of these things I felt all along were true and I can actually acknowledge them now. It's big. It's going to sound crazy how I don't know this, but Jerry is Esther's husband and Abraham is the voice in her head, like mom was called grandma. God. The source energy, is that, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's so correct. Basically, she's saying Jesus said that thou shall, when she says Abraham, she's basically saying that, you know, the voice in her head, which she calls Abraham, Jesus, whatever, but she's called Esther, husband's called Jerry, right? 
Yeah, what, what's happening there, the way she describes it is she gets these impulses. She calls them blocks of thought. She gets these blocks of thought in vibrational form, and then she translates it into English. And, yeah. and she expresses uh, in English what she's getting in those blocks of thought. And her daughter's called what? Uh, I don't remember what her daughter's name is. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, because imagine you're being told information and then you have your own questions. She then answers just by speaking all your questions that you've written yourself. No one, the church, parents haven't said anything. They're your questions. And so then yeah. she starts speaking. It's like, holy shit, that's exactly what I'm thinking. And it tick, right. tick, 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 because you wrote it yourself from scratch. It know other people know the same language of source, whatever. She's done the same thing. I've done the same thing. And that's what resonates every single time. And because she could link everything because she's wrote and she's written it. It all makes sense because everything is linked. That's um, right. It's she, all she linked. Link everything. And, and the resonance continues. That, uh, it's the resonance that I appreciate the most because the resonance doesn't stop. It continues every moment of every day. Every t- all I have to do is just think again to that first time that I heard a, uh, an Abraham talk on a YouTube video or on one of their uh, tapes or whatever. And, and just kind of, I, I don't even have to remember what, what they actually said. All I have to remember is what they said resonated. And that feeling comes back instantly. It's like an anchored NLT kind of a thing. You know, it's like every time I focus on it, boom, there's the resonance again. And every time that resonance comes back, it continues. It doesn't, it, it isn't like it resonated for a time and stopped. It's a continue. It's, it's what happens when you have vibration. Vibration continues, 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 continues. And the more you give your attention to it, it actually amplifies. So the amplification just makes it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and endlessly bigger. I love that. I can't get enough of that. So this is how I um, compare not meditating and not connecting to source and having time off. In my bedroom, I've got a glass with water. There's an avocado seed balancing on top with two toothpicks. Every Saturday... I fill the water up to the top so it's touching the pip to grow. During the week, the water evaporates and it goes down, meaning there's no water touching my pip. So I have to fill it up again. When I had my awakening at 21 and I was listening to Esther Hicks every single day, it was like me watering my avocado every five seconds. Ah, Every millimeter that evaporated, I topped it up. Boom, boom, Mm. boom. Every time I didn't feel connected, I wanted something, money, sex, car, meditate, boom, back to my vibration. During 21 to 24, when I got my first part-time job, when I stopped listening because I thought I knew it all, so what's there to learn anymore? Vibrations started to dip. Synchronicities Mm. were not as effective. Things were just not coming my way. I was getting depressed and angry. And to me, in my mind, I look at my avocado glass. Water's going right down. I'm getting annoyed how it's going down. All I want to do is fill it up. So translate that to meditation and listening to Esther Hicks every single night for the, for the two hours whilst I'm sleeping for the last four months has risen my vibration so much has put me back into that mindset of what I was in that it's almost like therapy. It's like medicine. Yeah, yes. I know all the shit she tells me about, but listening to it just affirms everything that I'm thinking about every single day. So imagine listening and I say, that's true. And then I listen to it again. My brain's going, that's true. And then I listen to the next night. That's true. I know it's true, but the, the, the affirmation is essentially me topping up my water is me dipping in vibration and going up again. And if you don't meditate and you don't listen to it, you don't practice your prayers and your affirmations and your gratitude, your energy will go down just like, if you are in a pack of animals and they fuck off over there and you don't go with them, you're going to get left behind. So you're going to have to catch up. And if you know you've got to catch up, stay with them at the back. Top up that plant every time it goes down. Don't let that gap get so big. Those animals get so far away or that water glass get so down from the pip. Just keep it topped up because if you don't, you're going to feel the the negative consequences. And it's like, if you don't take your medicine, you're going to have issues. And obviously we're not talking point. about, we're not talking about the mind that this medicine does fuck all anyway. Placebo. I'm speaking about if you don't take your medicine, then there's supposed to be issues. So that's why you take it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the way you're describing that too. The analogy of, of the, the water glass with the, with, with the uh, avocado in it. I mean, that's, that's perfect because what you're really saying is keep 
like you said, keep the, the level up. If you keep the level up, you're operating at peak efficiency. The moment you let it fall down is the moment that your your own personal peak efficiency is no longer at peak. It's now starting to slip down, 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 down. So, and and because it's easier to fill when it's near the top than when it's at the bottom, just keep filling it while it's at the top. That's the easy way to do it. Now you can do it the hard way. I mean, it's not like there's a law saying you must top it up at the very top. You can wait till it goes down to the bottom. It's just a lot easier. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a also, simpler life that way. <laughs> also, like having to water every single day is a lot of effort. I've got loads of plants in my room. I, it's just so much time topping it up and back to the bathroom, back and forth, round, mm-hmm. round, 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 round. I just do it once a week. Now, technically, that pip hasn't got water for maybe two days, but it's not going to die. It's not going to change my life. However, if I did keep it topped up, will those two days of water increase the speed of the plant's growth? Possibly. Mm. Is it going to affect mm. my life? Not particularly. Is there any benefits to that plant growing quicker? Yeah, I could sell it quicker, but do I need any money? No. So really it comes down to, is it causing me discomfort having to water it twice a week <laughs> versus, <laughs> versus once a week? And again, that comes down to, can I be asked? And a choice of how it feels when I do versus how it feels when I don't. And um, I don't really give a shit if it has two days worth of no water. <laughs> <laughs> So that pip can sit in that glass the prior for two days until it's Saturday, and it'll, it'll, I'll drop it out. I love the way when you describe this. I, I, I think a lot about um, that was something I mentioned to you before about how we're constantly in in choice mode. We're always choosing, choose, 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 choose. Every single moment of our existence, we're we're in constant choice mode. And and I just follow what you just described: choice, 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 choice. Here's choice to your choice, here's choice, choice. It's like I love watching the flow of the way your choices work. It's so cool to watch. It really is. <laughs> yeah, because I don't forget language. I, I was thinking, man was in a cave, and um, a caveman farted next to me. He goes, hmm, whoa. And the other caveman goes, yeah, or we're hungry. So it's, that means food. Eventually Mm. it's, I'm hungry. I've just farted and you need to get the fuck out of here. So it's, (laughs) yeah. And so everything has evolved from like a feeling of I'm hungry, a feeling of this stinks or a feeling of, you know, and so everything is layered up. So when we're thinking, everything's just layered up. Every choice is from a last choice. The laptop to the Wi-Fi to it's all layered up. Every single thing just links like the the layers of frequencies in in energy in in space. It's just mm-hmm. millions of lines and it's all linked. Um, well, those those links those links are are our way of understanding what the vibrational flow is all about. That's really what you're describing there. And and when we because we use models, that's the way our, our our minds work. Since our minds are limited in terms of what we can process at any given time, we need an abstract way of handling them. So we create models along the line of what you were just describing, that model of, of the, the levels of, of vibrational frequency. And when we grasp a model that resonates, that's basically what happens when we're listening to an Abraham Hicks kind of a situation. It's like, yes, model work. Yes, that model works. Yes, that model works. And that model works. And that one, and that one, and that one, and that one. When we are experiencing all these models that are working, 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 then we're really feeling alive. That's when yes. we're actually creating our maximum ultimate level of life in our own life space. Abraham has, I'm sure there's loads of channels out there, but the ones I listen to, Utopia, Daily Abraham Hicks, mm-hmm. and there's another one. But it's basically when she does a seminar, she gets people up and their speech could last 10 minutes. Imagine right. how many she's done around the world, right? Oh, God, so, yes. <laughs> so so all these cha- these channels are basically just all of her speeches into like a two-hour video, right, or whatever it is. So you've got every possibility of every human experience, how to deal with the dog pissing on the couch. And she'll say, <laughs> first of all, you need to be calm and then get it a dog bed and understand why it needs to go to the toilet. Do you give it too much water? You're responsible for it pissing on your bed, you know. And she will take any situation and just find a solution. And because... Every like problem is created by man in the first place, and and she understands that man's connected to energy, and she's connected to energy. She has all the answers. So any situation, her, the fridge is leaking. Why is it leaking? You know, how old's the fridge? Buy a new fridge. Husband hasn't got any money. Get a job and make you know money to buy it. Don't blame people. That's the answer. You know, fuck me. That's the answer. So when, when you think every problem is created by man, understand like dissect the problem, and you'll find the solution. I mean, 
but what she does is explain it in a way that every single thing and human can understand, which is why she's so great. And she just she's literally really speaks like just speaks like it's nothing. And yet you get every answer you need. Like how often when she speaks, you not get the answer. She oh, just yeah. explains it ex- imperfectly. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a session that I've ever heard recorded that I played back of an Esther Hicks channeling Abraham where what they said didn't resonate. There may have been a, uh, you know, there, there have been instances I know for sure where I heard something and at first it didn't quite resonate and I didn't quite get it. I had to sit with it for a while. I had to kind of process it and work through it. But once I worked through it, yeah, yeah, it was true. There's never been one that's, that's been false. There's never been one that was, that was a blind lead that led nowhere. It all comes through as resonating true. It's just sometimes I have to get myself out of my own way before I can understand it. But that's okay. That's part of the learning process. It's fine. I'm okay with that. So what I found is that people always agree with me because, again, we're all connected to source. And if you've got a problem right. to do with source, a.k.a. within yourself, problems, whatever, speak the source language. Every human gets it. It's like if you put a sausage in front of any dog's nose and that's say right. sit, it's going to sit, right? There's no dog that's not going to say, <laughs> right? So I found that I have all the answers for everyone's problems, whether they choose to, 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 um, you know, listen and take action on their life. That's a different story. 90% do not, but no one has said, I disagree with you or you're wrong. They always agree. And all I'm doing is speaking the source language, breaking down all the bullshit. Where have we come from? Again, sunlight, food, shelter, sex, you know, oxygen. And every problem has come from a problem that man's created. So take that all away. What have you got? Just nature and speak the natural source language. Do I believe anyone can learn the language and teach it? No, because it's like teaching something at school that the professors learned from a professor. That professor had to work it out, right? Which means he has every single bit of language. He created Chinese language and has all the symbols. If you're a kid that's four going to school learning all these symbols and learning all this language. You're not going to learn, know every single bit of language or all these symbols because you don't understand where the language came from, you know? So in order to be like a proper teacher, you need to have worked it out yourself and have these thoughts yourself because you're basically writing your own source language. Hence for like the Bob Proctor, I believe he was, you know, he was approached by the guy who, whoever the guy was, right? And then that guy told him, Bob, you can be somebody if you learn this. And as a result of learning that, oh, right. mm-hmm. made him rich. But mm-hmm. he didn't necessarily have all these thoughts growing up. He was, his life was shit. And this guy approached him and said, you know, Bob, do this, this will happen. He's like, oh my God, he's right. He didn't have those thoughts growing up like a person who's trying to work something out does. And it's mm-hmm. like creating a language and learning a language. It's two different things. Like, unless you built the house and you know where all the screws are and all the nuts are, you can't just be given a manual and say, right, here's the manual, here's the nuts, put it together or take it down, let's just say, because you, you didn't put it together. You then all the nuts are, you know, a mechanic could put together a car and uh, just take down a car in seconds. But if you just like joined the job as a mechanic, there's so many cars out there. You're not going to know everything because you didn't build the car. Yeah, you didn't build the car. The, the, you can learn to build the car if you really want to. I mean, that option is available to everybody. Um, but that's why we have teachers to, teachers are basically shortcuts. Like, yes. I don't want to have to go learn how to build the car, but I'd like to talk to a teacher who knows how the, the car is built to answer a question for me about the car. That's really handy. That's a shortcut. Now I don't have to know how to build the car in order to get the car working again after it broke down. I just go to the teacher who can, who knows how to fix the car. Easy enough. And that, that's, that's the beauty of, of being in a connected world. That, that to me is why I love doing the LOA Today podcast is I connect with people like you connect with people and learn from perspectives. I talk about this all the time here on the podcast, the value of perspective. I love having so many different perspectives here on the show. And I get many, many guests and co-hosts. I have, I have 10 co-hosts every single week. And those are just the, the regulars. They aren't even the guests like you coming through. You, you get all these perspectives coming in. Man, you learn so much that you would never have learned on your own study. There's just no possible way I could have learned as much as I've learned by having so many different perspectives presented to me. So I love perspective. I, I just like live for perspective. I think it's why I like doing the podcast so much, to be honest, because I get the constant array of, of different perspectives, different way of thinking about things, different way of looking at things, different way of understanding things. And the more that I get, the better my own understanding increases. And that appreciation factor kicks right in. 
it's like you've only got, say, you know, three hours in the day if you're lucky to learn new information. When you bring like people like us on who are also putting three hours every day into stuff, right. imagine having a hundred people all in three hours a day into yes. one platform. They've worked it all out. They cut the bullshit and they've, and then they speak potentially like 20 hours worth of two weeks of information. And then they learn from somebody else and they put it into one platform and they spew it out. You basically saved every human being years and years and years, years of learning all this shit because one person's right. already worked it out for you and have just given it to you. It also occurs to me too, we, th- there's a lot of attention in the broader culture to people who are in need, who are in a bad space and so forth. And I've been there. I mean, you've been there too uh, with what you went through with the, the Tourette's. We've all been through those dark nights of the soul, as they're often called. Um, but there's some people who end up staying there and have trouble climbing out of them. And there are other people who want to help them get out and so forth. Totally understandable. I understand why you'd want to help people like that. I think to myself how cool it is that the more that people like you and me and others like us who do these podcasts or who do other kinds of teachings and so forth, we're continually putting stuff out into the world and some of them are going to reach people like that. And I've, I've had the pleasure of intervie- interviewing and talking to some people like that, people who didn't necessarily learn it from my podcast, but people who've been through the same kind of thing and they got a teaching. And, and the reason I'm mentioning this is that connectedness that we all have, that source connectedness, that's our communication vehicle. So every time that we physically communicate, like we're doing here in this, this uh, right now we're using Zoom to make our communication, every time that we have this kind of, of connection that goes on, we are enhancing that source connection between us. And that's where the perspective actually gets transferred. It gets, it gets sent, so to speak, as, as a series of messages to each other through that source connection. And the more of these connections that we make, the more of that source information that comes through. So literally, we are tapping into the collective consciousness, if you will, the collective knowledge of all of not only the current species, but the past species, all the life forms that have come through that is constantly just increasing the amount of information that's available to us. And so when I think about somebody who's in a bad place, I think, all it's going to take for them is to have one moment, one crisis point perhaps, where they decide, I'm going to open up to something because right now I'm so desperate to open up to something. And then they'll tap into somebody like your program or my program or something like that, and it'll click. Just the way you saw the secret, or and I saw the secret too, it was the same thing. We saw the secret and it clicked. And when you get that click, all of a sudden the path out of that really dark place becomes available. That's cool. That is so yeah. cool. So thank you. I got to really thank you because um, we just did two hours, you and I. I'm one hour here on, on my podcast, one on yours. And it's been like the best two hours I've had in the last few days. So this has been great. Thank you very, very much for taking the time. I mean, I'm so appreciative of, of what you're doing. Um, and uh, the, your show, once again, is Spirituality Talk with Oliver. I presume you're on all platforms. Talk with Oliver, all platforms or talkwitholiver.com. Yeah. And it's all there, including my Instagram, should you wish to see what I do in my day. <laughs> and I can tell from the look on your face how much fun you have doing it, too. So keep doing the work. You're doing a great stuff, my friend. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, sir. All right. We'll talk to you again. Oliver and I con- uh, connected on uh, one of these uh, websites that connect uh, podcast hosts together. And obviously, we had a wonderful time in our conversation today. Uh, I almost wish you could also have heard what we talked about during his podcast, because we did his podcast first and LOA Today second. But I can tell you it was just as high energy in the first one as it was in the second one. Hopefully, you got a nice taste of what he's like. He is just an amazing human being. His ability to do, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Dan Mangena in that he's able to just instantly draw information from all these different sources and integrate them together. Uh, so hopefully you got a really good taste of that. Um, this is obviously a special episode. It's not one of our normal episodes in the normal flow of things. Um, but whenever we get one of these opportunities, we can't turn them down. Uh, he, he couldn't make our normal uh, recording schedule, so we made a special time for him. And I think you'll agree it was well worth having a special time for this particular episode. So hope you enjoyed it. Um, you'll be seeing the regular schedule for uh, the scheduled show later on today. Uh, that we're recording normally with Alex, and uh, I think Dan's going to be there too. But in the meantime, uh, we wish you well. Thank you very much for listening. And as usual, we will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 